0: Dig in arms
1: side
2: Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week we welcome back Sandy McGregor and Tim Bourne for another in our occasional peeks at series that maybe fall under the banner of perhaps the more surreal end of the television drama spectrum. After our previous examinations of both The Prisoner and The Singer Detective a couple of months ago, Sandy announced that he was planning to revisit both of the 1990s series of Twin Peaks and he just happened to mention that his old pal Tim was also a huge fan. And so, of course, it went without saying that I had to schedule both of them in for another of our online chats. Twin Peaks, the dark, twisted brainchild of Mark Frost and renowned movie director David Lynch, was something of a cultural phenomenon in the early 1990s, as many television viewers were as eager as Agent Dale Cooper to find out just who killed Laura Palmer, the bright, seemingly golden girl of the quiet-seeming rural logging town of Twin Peaks. Both the town and Laura seem to have been living at the very least a dual existence and once you scratched beneath the surface of this ordinary seeming community or looked into the background of the sad victim of a mysterious killer nothing about either of them seemed to be exactly what you might have expected and the impact this one brutal event has upon this whole town populated with eccentrics, monsters and crammed full of secrets led to two seasons and around 30 episodes of one of the most compelling, challenging, memorable and downright peculiar series ever made on American TV, a series which placed some indelible images inside the minds of viewers and which remains a cult favourite even today. Some people believe that the show tended to fall away a little once the initial mystery had been resolved, but others maintain that the further layers of mystery taking place across at least two interlinked worlds and which presented some utterly bizarre and terrifying imagery were where the fascinations of Twin Peaks truly begin. Either way, there was enough interest for the feature film Fire With Me to be made a couple of years after the series itself was wrapped in plastic, and 25 years later, as promised by the original narrative, Twin Peaks did return for a short but very welcome limited event series with both David Lynch and Mark Frost in charge, to add even more confusion to all of the mysteries, if you had been hoping for some kind of closure. Anyway, with Sandy and Tim waiting in the Red Room, let's fire up our Radio International Time Engines and head off for some damn fine coffee, a slice of cherry, pie and try and work out the mystery of the enduring appeal of Twin Peaks. So shall I, shall yep. I begin? Okay. Right. If you go down to the woods today, especially the woods of the Pacific Northwest, you might find the straight-talking, no-nonsense Mr. Sandy McGregor, and you might find the man from another place, <laughs> Mr. Tim Bourne. Hello. So, I didn't warn you about this, but the first thing I should have warned you about is that we're going to do the entire show back to front, <laughs> and have to walk back <laughs> for the hour... <laughs> Perhaps we won't do that. No, perhaps we won't. Yeah. Do that. Anyway, we're, well, we're going. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about the, the little town, the little northwestern town, the little logging community, the homely, uh, lovely little. Well, what would you call it? Community. Community. Yes. No, uh, of Twin Peaks, the no euphemism town <laughs> that was filmed for us in the series Twin Peaks, created by Mark Frost and David Lynch, way back in 1990.
0: Which, uh, which doesn't feel that long ago, but it appears to be. 32 years, as often with these things, you know.
2: Well, you're going to be acting as our expert today, Sam. Am I? All right. Just, you've just watched it all, so if we go it. off track for any reason, <laughs> you'll be able to correct us and say,
1: no, that no, doesn't no, actually no, no, happen. All 30 episodes, or 29, 30 episodes, including yes. the pilot. Wow, yes. I, think, I well, think that's right. Yes.
2: Well, I yesterday I watched the the pilot, but uh, like a fool, I watched the international. Uh, I did, pilot. which is twenty oh.
1: minutes longer, isn't it?
2: With the it, you, you get twenty minutes that wraps the whole thing up, so there's no series at all. <laughs> <laughs> you find out everything that happens, and you go twenty five years in the future, and everything's solved in the basement of the hospital. And so, uh, well, there we go. That was a really nice episode. Thank you very much,
1: guys. <laughs> I, I'd not seen that before, but coincidentally, I watched that yesterday at a, around yeah. midnight. And, um, okay. yeah, but...
2: Were you on the Blu-ray?
1: Yeah. Did, did you have the,
2: it takes you 10 minutes to open the box of the Blu-ray <laughs> thing that I had to do? Because cause I couldn't quite remember how it opened last with time. The, it's the concertina six,
1: folding type thing. Oh,
2: it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Packaging nightmare. And, of course, also it's per- the
1: glue's perished a bit, so I've got glue on the disc. Anyway, that, that, we don't want to go with that. But, yeah, it's that was fun. Yeah, and, and, and you realise, I, I then had to work out. So they used... But last that extra 20 minutes, which was in the basement, as mm. you say, was like what mm. they used edited versions of towards the end of episode two. Yeah. And um, but even then, not all of it. And it, yeah, it was it was weird seeing it in the international pilot. But we're possibly leaping ahead yeah. of things as yeah. that as that <laughs> itself leaped to 25 years in the yes. future. <laughs> Well, that was something to do with if it
2: wasn't picked up for a series, they wanted to have some yeah. sort of cinematic release yes, yeah. that they could mm-hmm. do it with. So this is a, uh, so this is David Lynch, isn't it? This is Dave. This is prime David Lynch. This is David Lynch diving into small town America, much as he had done in Blue Velvet, which yes. is a, a film mm-hmm. you may or may not
1: be familiar with. Yeah. Also with Carl, Carl mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I suppose you know, at, at the time it was made, this is first TV David Lynch has done that I can think of you know I believe so, yeah. Yeah, wasn't I really so. it was you know he was a cinema man he was coming off the back of uh... well he was he
2: was big cheese wasn't he and, and yes. actually, I mean I think this is possibly in many ways the first time uh, big american film people went into American television I mean this was event television I mean this is the original series was an eight-parter which of course is the model now that uh, Netflix and people like that use it yeah it's an eight-part serial Mm -hmm. and then we get a second series which is what about
1: 22 yeah and he seemed to open the doors for um, particularly sort of of cinema auteurs to come into the TV and do stuff like that Um, yeah so it
0: it wasn't kind of regarded as a, a step backwards that no. you know that it was uh, you would go into TV and do. Uh, and yeah, previously party. you
1: got the sort of the the, the track record where you like people like Ridley Scott who started off doing TV adverts and graduated up to films, whereas mm-hmm. this is like as you say the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: as you say, it was it was real event TV, water cooler mm-hmm. TV, call it what you want, and it's mm-hmm. it's one of the first series I can remember. I moved in 1987 down to Stockport and it's one of the first Mm. TV series I can remember like everyone at work was talking about it Mm. you know you'd go in and uh, uh, the day after it had been on and if all our uh, all the programmers where I used to work could manage to program their videos correctly <laughs> then we could have a discussion about uh, <laughs> about what had been on Ah the, uh,
1: videos the you previous... see the nostalgia comes yeah. forth yeah. trying to find to the right place I mean that was one of the things
2: that struck, me, that struck me about this watching this again it's you know that 90s tech which is also high tech which is throughout this you yeah. know the, the dictaphone and, and the videotapes and, and video cameras that were the size of buses <laughs> and all that kind of thing. and it's all it was really cutting edge and obvious it's time and yeah. yet now you think how quaint you know yes but this is this is 32 years ago you know? it, yeah. this is a long long time ago we, and it doesn't really it doesn't feel dated in the way a lot of television can do it still actually feels quite apart from the fact that we're all using telephones with you know jiggly uh, yeah. wires. coil wires and things and everything like and dials and things but the actual ideas seem very fresh and modern even now yeah. I, I think as you know, whenever I talk to you, gents, we're usually looking at the odd and surreal television, which is yeah. where, we, where we seem to go when we three get <laughs> together. So this is this is adding adding to that sort of <laughs> yeah. that sort of air. Mm-hmm. But um, what drew you both to Twin Peaks in, initially? Yeah. Was it the young girls? you uh, were well, young men back then. Yes, I mean it's
0: that one of the things that struck me that that watching it, you know, at the time, you know, I associated with. Uh, James and Donna and Maddie mm. and Audrey
2: mm. and
0: Shelley and people like that. Yeah. And now I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like the old mayor, or I'm like Piper Laurie, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, oh, that Piper Laurie looks all right now, doesn't yeah. she? <laughs> so
2: uh, I'm thinking, do you feel more Jack Nance these days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll
0: tell you the, the strange thing about uh, Jack Nance, which is, you know. Mm. It was only yesterday when I was actually looking at what Jack Nance has been in before that I went, mm. oh he's the guy out of a razor head
2: mm. <laughs> yes mm. and you've not you would not clicked on that. no
0: because I mean why would you because you know the guy in a razor head is like a kind of young particularly striking looking or appear, you mm. know on this office as a kind of uh, striking looking weird mm. guy. Whereas Jack Nance is one of the most, you know, on the normal side of the uh, the ledger in Twin mm. Peaks, and he's an old, mm. kind of quite an old guy, mm. you know. So the kind of the, the connection between a and mm. Twin Peaks uh, is not one that I'd ever uh, no. ever drawn. So yeah, I think it, it was a series that had a bit of everything about it, you know. Mm. It had. You know, the story about Laura Palmer being Hmm. killed. It was a murder mystery. It was a murder mystery. It was a quirky small town America. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it also high school life, uh, high school. There's there's very little high school life in it, you know. Uh,
2: (laughs) I I was watching the pilot, I was surprised how much high school there was in it because it tends to move away from, yeah, it does. I mean, the principal, uh, the principal of the high school is the guy who who became quite a regular on ER later and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I must admit, watching just the pilot yesterday, I watched the pilot and the very last episode, that was a Mm -hmm. kind of leap, (laughs) 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 but the um. But the, the, the all that stuff that goes on in the high school was really, it was a starting point, wasn't yeah. it? it was a trigger point mm-hmm. to introduce those characters. I mean, in terms of an hour and a half of, of telling, I, I personally think the pilot is a masterpiece of, it, it's, a, it's a great piece of filmmaking in and of yes. itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it introduces the whole town of characters. Yeah. I mean, there's about mm-hmm. 30 uh, characters get introduced over the course of that that hour and a half and some of them in the most bizarre kind of way i mean i always think the interesting thing about the pilot specifically is one i'm I'm never against any program that starts with a shot of a couple of ducks i like you know that makes me happy a couple of ducks on a lake that makes me happy but the first character you see is joan chen in in her room, yeah, and then you get what's the what's the name of the receptionist?
1: The police one. Yes. Oh, Lucy. Uh, Lucy, Lucy.
2: Yes, yeah. Lucy. Yes, Lucy. And you get Lucy and basically trying to tell him which phone to. It's have. not the red one. Yeah. It's the
1: black one. It's the black one that I put on <laughs> the chair it? next
2: to the. <laughs> when we rearrange, and in many ways, that is a fascinating yeah. way of immediately telling you that this is not your yeah. standard television drama yes. but it's also this is going to start looking at the world in a slightly skewed way mm. you're sort of perpendicular to the world you've got uh, quite often the thing that i pick up on when i watch any episodes of these things is there seem to be quite banal conversations about food that seem mm-hmm. to be significant yeah. somehow but it seems to always come down to when you think about it that is what people really think about yeah. might, there may well have been a grizzly murder down mm-hmm. the street but someone will go oh donuts you know, at the
1: end of that pilot last night or whatever it was half past one two o'clock i had the munchies and i couldn't go to bed without having to eat something <laughs>
2: so i suppose we should briefly do a quick resume what uh, what happens a murder has been committed yeah a body has been found in the community of Twin Peaks which is in the Pacific Northwest of America a yeah. logging community logging yeah. is very big in parts of the way it tells the story all all the this is a community surrounded by yeah. deep dark woods that are full of as they as the saying would have it full of secrets mm. and she was the homecoming queen she was the golden girl of yeah. the town mm-hmm. and and she's been found Wrapped in plastic uh, on the shore yeah. by Jack Nance, yep. indeed, and um, and the investigation that follows certainly covers about a series and a half, doesn't it? Yeah. In the course of that, we go into some quite bizarre places i suppose yes. yeah or other places hmm. uh, a lot of which involve red curtains and zigzag floors which unfortunately i haven't i haven't had the room decorated today i did feel i ought to have done but uh, yeah. somehow we failed to do that i'm a bit appalled by all three of us are not wearing our black suits and black ties today but uh but we'll, we'll move on uh, we should at least have got out the uh, the, the plaid shirt yes. yeah <laughs> So what do you what do you make of it as a, as a town? I mean, I, I suppose we should we introduce ourselves to it through the characters, don't we? Really? Yeah. I mean, do you yeah. think it's a place you'd want to live?
1: Well, it, it, you have almost like the um, the tourist information film as uh, Agent Cooper drives up there and he's mm. raving mm. on about both the fruit, the cherry pie he had. The stop on the way there near there mm-hmm. and then he's raving on about the trees which becomes mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a recurrent theme when he's trying to find mm-hmm. out what yeah. the themes are the douglas firs, and mm-hmm. uh, what the trees are and um mm-hmm. so you it, it and and the scenery that is is quite lovingly presented that waterfall the yeah. the the, mm-hmm. the forests the the twin peaks it does look mm-hmm. like a place you'd want to go to and actually some of the quirky characters you think are lovable until you get under <laughs> the surface. I mean just like right with blue velvet really, you know the, the film we talked yeah. about. Before. Yeah. When, when this, you get it, under the surface of it, it's mm. run run scratch for the, the hills surface. if you were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: If you can find any hills, run to them but don't go through the woods <laughs> yeah. to get there. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's it, it is basically scratch the surface of small town America. I mean this is there is a kind of idealized I I will ideal of the American small town. Yes. That David Lynch seems very very prone to sort of Plucky. He, pick, I always yes, think yeah. he picks at it like yeah. a
1: scab, mm. and he's just yes. it's it's it's, it's yeah. you know, he Even it's not long before the unpleasantness is is revealed in mm. his picking at yeah. it. So yeah, that it's it's. I mean, it's sublime mm. the way he does it, and and again looking at the pilot last night, like 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 you did, I was mm. struck. I was struck Martin by how, at least at the beginning, there was quite mm. a lot of sort of um. It did look more like a. Uh, this is like how like a. A typical town will deal with such a a, a, a grief, a, a, such mm. a terrible tragedy like this. Yeah. And mm. Lynch wasn't afraid to dwell on a lot of the extreme grief, particularly with Sarah and mm. Leyland Palmer. And you think, oh yeah, they're mm. really seeing all. This. And then you start mm. getting the quirky eccentrics thro- thrown mm. in. You get um, you get that, and 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 then it, it. So for me, watching that reminded me of watching it the first time. I think I'd come to it because I'd mm. seen Blue Velvet, and I love Blue Velvet. Right. And I'd also just read that this. You know, it was, this was um, launched with the expectation and the selling that this was going to change um, mm. the face of TV, as it did. Mm. Um, mm. So you, you sort of watch that with that sort of expectation. And at the end of it, I think having started, what it looks like this is going to be really emotional and deep. And then you've got all these quirky things coming in. And in the space of that pilot, you've not only, as you said, been introduced to a really wide cast of characters. But also yeah. the themes. Even ignoring yeah. the international pilot and the dream scene at the end, yeah. you've got some pretty yeah. weird stuff that starts coming in yeah. and dark yeah. stuff, and yeah. and and it's, it's very Lynchian again, just in in a sort of microcosm. Yeah. Uh, I think this was one thing that I read that the um yeah. the, the the equivalent of the TV censors at the time had the most problem with mm. was with the length of time lynch lingered on the tweezers taking the letter out from under oh. the nail and mm. that's thrown in for prime time television but they kept it in mm. so you yeah. you you're very cleverly sort of one minute you're seeing, well sometimes it, it's just like it feels like they say small town america america sometimes it's almost slapstick or so that, that, that brief glimpse into lucy and andy's home where she's mm. batting a ball up and down on a table tennis bat, and he's blowing a trumpet with one trouser leg rolled up—never explained—and <laughs> no. then suddenly you're into the darkness of a sort of, you know, in in the mortuary where the light yeah. is a lot
0: flickering.
2: Of life, yeah, a lot of well, that's that's a lynching thing. Is but a, a lot of life is very unexplained, yeah. isn't it? I, I, yes, that's a very interesting thing. The the other thing that interests me about that specifically that scene you're talking about is that it's it's kind of like the stepping stone between Quincy, who never really showed you anything, to CSI, which basically took you inside the wounds (laughs) about 10 years later. So this was obviously at that sort of crossroads of television where, where imagery was becoming more Tolerable, even if it was unpleasant. Mm. Uh, and yeah. again, there's an unpleasantness that cinema can give you that television sometimes couldn't. And I feel that basically the gloves came off, yeah. or you know, yeah. the, the, or the letters came from under the fingernails, or however you want to think of it. But there's a definite change in the air. The thing that strikes me about Twin Peaks, and I think, uh, I mean, I know you're you're a music fan, Tim. So, but I think that there's a sense of menace throughout. There's always seems to be mm. this slight edginess, yes. and I think that's to do with the shot framing. But I also think it's to do with the lingering, as we talked about the lingering shots. But mm-hmm. but there is this, this An- Angelo Badalamenti soundtrack, yes. yeah. which mm-hmm. kind of underscores everything. And I think it's the, it's the choice of it's tonal, isn't it? The the Very the much. way it's pitched is just it puts you on edge immediately. Mm-hmm. And of course, then you get cuts to these. Uh, but you get things like just traffic lights changing. Yes. From, you know, yes. just Swinging just in the dark. On, yeah. yeah and, and the breeze or the or the trees just blowing. I mean, the logging community, the logging location is very much a character in this. Mm. I mean, even when you go back to the opening credits where you've just got the sawmill going through its sawmill thing. Yeah. And yeah. Then that, mm-hmm. that lingering slow-mo on the... Uh, waterfall. Yeah. And it's and and again mm-hmm. the pan across the trees and it all somehow, if it had sort of honky tonk music on it, it would be like oh that's lovely, isn't it? And everything like, yeah. but it's somehow immediately sinister. And I think a lot of that comes down to the yeah. music and maybe maybe a little bit about the languidness, the languid nature of the shots. We linger, we watch, and we and I think we we yeah. pause long enough to feel uncomfortable at the stage yeah. yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that might it. Be it introduce- I think
1: that that length of time that he, he always seems to go just that bit longer, takes it longer than you think anyone would take it in any other director. Mm. And mm. I think cleverly that if, if anything sort of amplifies the sense that you, you, you as the viewer have almost got some complicit mm. guilt here as a voyeur a wire yeah. sort of thing, because mm. it's it, because it leaves you there longer than yeah. a normal in inverted commas TV mm. show might, that might keep you there. And I think the tone, as you say, is, important and it owes as much to the to the sound and whether that's yeah. music or just sound effects and and it and mm. um yeah battle of Menti was
2: they turned up a bit aren't they that those small ah, sounds yes. that amplified yeah. well know. he
1: said for the third series i know we're not going to get onto the third the, the, the third mm. series the return the limited event series whatever they called it uh variously um and the difference again with that series is that lynch was involved directing it all the way through uh, whereas obviously there were a a number of different directors over the first two series including diane keaton i thought um but um also in that i I think dialed up to 11 for the third series Mm. was the importance of the sound and the music but the sound because lynch actually said with series three he recommended people watching it with headphones on and I think that oh. can be applied to the first two series as well. L- less, less, less explicitly so. But mm. I think uh,
2: the, the interesting thing about the third series, I mean, apart from the fact I've still not managed to get through it.
1: So <laughs> no. no, have you got to episode eight? No, that's what you've got to get to episode eight because episode eight is arguably the best television episode oh, okay. on television okay. ever. I mean, you might expect me to say that as a Twin Peaks fan, <laughs> but a lot of people are say, say that.
2: I just think that the interesting thing about it is, is the first two series, they have that slightly terrifying idea of network interference about them. And yeah. I, I think that, yeah. yeah. And, and despite, I mean, Lynch seems to step back from it quite quickly yeah. and yet then takes a role in the in the programme. Is that so he can keep a watching brief on it, yeah. you know, because he,
1: he is Gordon, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, lo- yes. I, I love his FBI character, and... Gordon, as well. You were saying about who you <laughs> were identifying with, Sandy, even at an earlier age, but definitely more now. I sort of said, what? What are you saying <laughs> there?
2: <laughs> okay, then, Coop. Yes. You see, again, the, fa- the fascinating thing to me is that uh, all of this, all of this is allowed to unfold because Rona Pulaski crosses the state line, doesn't she? She yeah, crosses yes. the state line so the feds can be bought in. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch a lot of crime television, but... If you're watching a police series and the feds are bought in, they always hate the feds and the feds are useless and everything the feds do is wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're watching an FBI series or a C- CIA series, it's the local police that are always idiots. And everything and, like yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is an interesting one because basically our hero, who is introduced about halfway through that mm. uh, pilot, uh, um, is, is genuinely, absolutely died in the wool, Barking mad, odd. Yeah, yeah. When he starts introducing his Tibetan investigation techniques. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So this is uh, Agent Cooper, yeah. uh, Dale Cooper, uh, as played by Kyle MacLachlan. I uh, say one of the, uh, one of the David Lynch mob, one of yep. his uh, regulars, uh, who would, would, like you say, been in uh, Blue Velvet
1: uh, and June. Yeah, so he'd known both success and flop (laughs) just in the two films before that. And depending on which way around you see that, yes. A lot of people loved you. I I like it. I I can even put up with Sting in that. (laughs) Ah, but would you go and pay for tickets to see him? Mm, yeah, oh. now you're pushing me there, aren't you?
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I know how much music you go and see, so that, that's interesting. Okay, <laughs> there, yeah, there, there is a there is a pair of <laughs> but,
0: but yes, but so, it's, that, uh, yeah, I, I, Dale Cooper. It's, it, it's a fantastic performance, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because he mm-hmm. he's just so straight throughout, mm-hmm. and nothing nothing phases him. He just mm-hmm. kind of this calm and. And I was watching I got to the, the end of series two mm. and the bit where the doppelganger takes over. Yeah. Mm. There are minute things he does mm. when he's the doppelganger before he actually mm. is totally revealed that you go yeah. mm. That's not Cooper, that's the that's the kind of the, the other the other one. And it's minute. And that's where that's where <laughs> I love
1: the fact he, he's given full rein or free reign to um to do that to the max in series three when he's <laughs>
2: well it's interesting to me i mean because uh, as we, uh, we talked about the prisoner and and about the last episode of the prisoner yeah. being slightly batshit crazy yeah. and <laughs> yes. uh and i kind of uh, having re-watched the last episode the, the, the episode 29 30 however you want to number yeah. them they all seem mm. to be um that is another quite outrageously bonkers hour of television yeah, yeah. Uh, especially as it's as it's where it's left for 25 years <laughs> yep. um, yeah I, I mean there's the whole there's a whole 20 minutes isn't there in the red room yes. in the curtain rooms uh, in that and it, and it's just a really bizarrely cut Ooh. and photographed and i mean where else could you get a, a dwarf talking backwards <laughs> uh, in a red suit in yeah. a red room with red curtains and people from your past mysteriously appearing, disappearing, mm. all of whom... Uh, and Oh, the, the stiff cup of coffee. The stiff yeah. cup of coffee. <laughs> I, I, and I'm sure this all has a massive amount of meaning, but you imagine that by this stage, the producers, if they were, you know, I know CBS, NBC, we were going yep <laughs> take it off take it away i think i, I think abc
1: had cancelled it possibly bef- yep. fairly peremptorily hadn't they i think it, what do yeah. we think
2: middle america made of twin peaks <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: I, I can't imagine because
2: it's not it's not your typical detective tv is it it's, no it's, it's 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 definitely going off in places yes uh but yeah i mean coming
0: back to what you're you know, we're talking about the prisoner there like we've discussed mm. before. It's also it's got that thing in common with it, where it's a very closed community. Mm. Almost the entire series takes place within the community, apart from the bits mm. in the red room and when when mm. they go up to the border to go across to the uh, mm. the the club just north mm. of the uh, you know the Canadian border. Yes. But it's that very. You're, you're isolated from the outside world. Mm. You know that mm. you know the outside world has almost no impact. Well, there's on... basically
2: fifty miles of trees in every direction, yes. isn't there? There's this, not yeah. a lot mm. apart from trees. Which of course, are, uh, uh, communities do exist like that in in that part of the world, mm. and certainly in in Canadian yeah. uh, West. But uh, the other th- thing that fascinates me is that mystery upon mystery upon mystery. Yeah, uh, happens. So, you, like you say, you get the stuff that happens in 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 the in the, the drug running in Canada and everything yeah. like that. Do you feel the central mystery, the initial central mystery, because that basically the Who Killed Laura Palmer was the one of the big questions yeah, of that year, it, wasn't it. it? And it wasn't resolved in the eight episodes. No. And then the series comes back. It's been renewed, and that sort of gets. Resolved after about nine yeah, or ten eight, episodes.
0: In episode it, eight, it gets kind of revealed. Do you
2: feel that that part of the story felt like that was really Twin Peaks, yeah, and that, then the stuff that came afterwards was something else?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I almost feel like uh, they've they the, the told her they've told a story,
2: mm.
0: which you know was a good kind of main narrative, and what came yes. after that was. Uh, it was almost just like filling time. You know, there Mm. there are lots of stories that get brought in, uh, themes that come in, Mm. and they'll they'll pick a theme like, uh, Mm. you know, Norma's Norma's parents turning up, or Norma's mm. mother turning up with her dodgy ex-husband. And then that Mm. just gets kind of thrown away, and then they'll Mm. they'll have another thing that will go on for two or three episodes. Mm. And they never really get developed, so there's a kind of the the stuff with the uh the owls are not what they seem and all that mm. it's all a bit kind of vague
2: you know are we are we throwing everything at the screen and hoping something yes. sticks
0: that's it, it yeah and see but what but
2: do you not feel that that is part and parcel of daytime soaps in America
1: i was going to yeah. say i think i think that's what they yes. were i think they were um, building on that yeah. sort of soap, soap element can... to it to just introduce because yeah, there's
0: the there's the the TV programme that they all watch during the first series is it called Addicted? Mm. Is it Addicted to Love? Some of that is it called.
2: Oh right, okay.
0: Which is like obviously a, a daytime soap that you keep on mm. seeing Lucy watches and other people mm. watch it you know the, mm. and it's yeah, that really soapy mm. daytime stuff mm. and it's you know, that that gets dropped you know as we get further on into mm. the series but the actual oh. series itself becomes like that
2: mm. Well, well, within it, you've got all these different... I mean, you've got the various different love triangles and people having affairs with yeah. people and all this kind of thing. I mean, you've got the Leo Johnson and Shelley Johnson and yeah. her affair with uh, Bobby. Bobby. And, and and you've got Ed and his wife and Mike yeah. and uh, you know, Nadine <laughs> and Nadine getting regressed back to... And, and, and a lot of these are elements that would, you would actually get in some of the... Mo- I mean, you've got basically a nice big wadge of soap Mixed with a nice big wodge of horror yeah. Yeah. and a nice big wodge of crime, and you're throwing it all together, yeah. and it's it is it makes for a quite incredible sort of hour yeah, of yeah. television mm-hmm. once a
1: week. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think I, I, I like that. I think what what I what I've read about it since, I think you're right that the um the big question, the thing everybody wanted to know, is who killed um, Laura Palmer? And mm. apocryphally, even um, I, I I think I read somewhere that. Um, <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev even asked President Bush Senior to find out who the killer was. Uh, I don't know how true that is, but that's, you know, that, of, of how hot a question it was. And well, it, was, it was one of Bing Crosby's children. <laughs> yeah, <probably. yes.
2: laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> right. So previously on Twin Peaks. No, that, that,
0: is, that is the first programme I ever remember that started with the a Recap on what had happened oh, in the okay. previous ones because, yeah, it was that previously because often.
2: that was the only way anyone understood it. Yeah, <laughs> what, what the hell happened last week? Because it, again, I, I remember there being a lot of, of conversations at work about it, you know. Yeah, I, I see. I actually think in the first run, maybe for various reasons, I kind of bailed halfway through the second season. Yeah. I don't
1: know Did you bail I, at, at once... that episode where, when at the point at which Leyland was? arrested a couple of weeks after because i you say you it's interesting you watched last night the pilot and Mm -hmm. then the very last episode Mm -hmm. i watched the pilot most of episode two because i wanted to see where that Mm -hmm. dream thing from the international version actually ended up and how it ended up and then Mm -hmm. i watched um episode 16 i think it was which was the one the point at which leyland you know got arrested and they were trying to Mm -hmm. trap bob and then bob escaped and then they got this this interesting scene at the end where they're sort of hmm. um well we seem to let go we seem to lose bob what will happen now well what will we do if bob's <laughs> elsewhere so sort of tee it up for the subsequent uh, fun and games i guess but almost yeah. I think self-consciously
2: i've talked to people about this before though you know the interesting thing about when real life events of family killings happen they always look at the parents and they always <laughs> and it's kind of like in the end after all the mystery and everything like that the most obvious suspect turns out to be who done it or the, yeah. or did he you know um but it's kind of fascinating I mean I still can't now even today think of the sorry with the fringe on top without thinking of Leland Palmer <laughs> it just it just sticks in my brain and I, I think that's the one of the fascinating things about Twin Peaks. it's, it's this it's these characters Do, who, who is your favorite
1: character. Oh, God.
2: Know, in, in, or are there too many? Are, there,
0: are Albert. they just all... What? Albert? Albert. <laughs> Albert, yes.
2: Well, he's very likely. <laughs> this is oh, uh, Miguel we... Ferrer, isn't it? Yeah, Miguel, Miguel, Albert Rosenfield. Yeah, yes. Albert, and he's just
0: such a kind of... Uh, it's such a kind of nice place with the, uh, as you say, with the dark underbelly. Mm. And he just comes in and is absolutely rude to your face. <laughs> so he's so kind of Different to everything else, and, uh, and
2: you, you, you wish you could be more like it him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I wish his level of uh, of arrogance.
1: We got uh, news for you. That's... You're you're already there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, he's got, you know, he's got <laughs> he's got some absolute zinger lines in there. You know? Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> there's, cool. there's, there's,
0: one. there's one where uh Ed is explaining how he ended up married to Nadine rather than right. Norma and how he accidentally shot out her eye when he'd gone away. <laughs> and he's like he's he says he's just laughing, you know. <laughs> he's gonna excuse me while I wipe this from my eye. It's like oh <laughs> it's like how somebody's life got ruined and he's just thinking these are proper hicks here, you know. <laughs> there we go. i d I've got I, I, I do, you know, from a from my previous viewings, I love Audrey Horn. She's just okay. oh yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I
1: like I mean, I a, a, lot,
0: lot... a lot a lot of the you know, watching it again, a lot of the, the younger characters are a bit dull. Yeah.
2: You know,
0: Donna is a bit dull, apart from she puts on dark glass and starts smoking, mm. uh, and James is just dull all the way through, <laughs> you know.
2: She's She's a lot more interesting in the movie, but then in the movie she's played by somebody else. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> she wouldn't come back. Right. When you actually seed fire walk with me, the, uh, the movie that was about two years after yeah. the series, yeah. was it, yeah? Uh, you actually realise, God, she had a busy night, that Laura Palmer, before they <laughs> killed her. Didn't she? I mean, she was she was like, I mean, she was like doing everything. She was everywhere yeah. for about, in, in that four, four hour period. It also
1: occurs to me there's a parallel with um, the film Walk With Me and Going Back to the Prisoner mm. again in that everybody mm. wanted everything wrapped up in the last episode of The Prisoner yeah. and Mm-mm. that wasn't emphatically done. Everybody was expecting no. Firewalk With Me to mm. wrap it all up and it went the prequel route mm-hmm. instead <laughs> which which pissed a lot of people off <laughs> and threw in a bit of david bowie and yeah and yeah, went
2: yeah. and went sort of even massively insane and we also got the the pre-prequel didn't we we got the previous uh mm. the murder mystery that was the yeah. one that yeah. laura was the serial
1: part yeah. of the museum right. I
0: mean? so what yeah what, what about you guys who's your uh who's your top gordon cole,
1: to i had to think about it but gordon cole yeah i, I just like because mm-hmm. that's that's lynch Actually, put in a bit of himself into mm, the. Yeah. It's a bit like mm. Hitch. Well, it's more than what Hitchcock would do with cameo. But obviously, it's a it's it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a developed mm. role, but it's an off kilter mm. developed role. And I like that he gets. Yeah. I like that he gets promoted, for the third mm. series.
2: <laughs> was he actually an actor, or was it just? Did he basically put himself? I think into you him? could ask. Had, that, had, you had you could acted?
1: ask that about. Um, Number of the cast because when you when, when you're brutal about it, it's 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 more it's I think heavily stylized acting so it leaves you thinking mm. whether was that real acting or was it just because well that's
2: one of the things that, that struck me there's a, there's an awful lot of people in this who not to sort of pull any punches you've n- never seen again in yes, anything else yes, really.
0: I mean that that, that, that that really struck me because you know you'd you'd think there would be somebody out, you know the kind of 40, 50 major actors in that. Mm.
1: I mean, Piper Laurie was a big, act, big oh, actor. Yeah, I mean, Everett
2: McGill I saw in a Bond
1: film. I and mean, Ray Wise went on to perform The Devil, didn't he? in the. Um...
2: Indeed, yeah. Ray Wise had quite yeah. the career on the back of this. And, mm-hmm. and of course, uh,
1: you know, Kyle, the yeah. film star and everything like that.
2: But most of the rest of them, I mean, I well, know... Um...
1: I-, I was just going to say, strikingly, the-, the guy who played um, Bob was Me. actually, um, I'm trying to, I can't remember. A set dresser Yeah, he was a set it? dresser, and he got, he yeah, got yeah. He inadvertently, I, don't, I think he, he was meant to just film the bit at the end of the bed, but then he ended up being yeah. in shot by mistake in the mirror or something, and Lynch liked it so mm. much that he thought, yeah, I'll have that. Like, apparently we talked about that um, flickering fluorescent light, see, um, and yeah. mm-hmm. that really wasn't working but Lynch, right. Lynch kept it because he liked the look of it. Right. I mean, that's just... You see, that's that's
2: weird because I remember the first time I watched Eraserhead, I got such a blinding headache and I was convinced it was all the fluorescent lighting. So, <laughs> so I assumed it was a, a thing with David it Lynch films thing, by that stage. And it
1: probably probably <laughs> the accident just played to something he already liked anyway, as, as evidenced right. by Eraserhead, as you say. Okay.
2: <laughs> Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle did uh, one of the men in black films, didn't she? So, so yeah. I mean, they all had... I mean, well, a lot of them. David
1: Duchovny had, yeah, might have Bruce. had the odd Oh, yes, yeah,
2: sorry, yeah. Day. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's, he's Dennis a good, he's Denise. Denise. <laughs> Do we... I mean, that's, again, I'm going to ask Sandy about this. Do you... Because you've watched his work. Yeah. Does it, does it hold up in terms of time past? Are the attitudes on show... I, I, specifically, the David Duchovny yeah, character was one well, that, just... that I thought might be a problem <laughs> these days. Yeah,
0: Is going to... But it was explained that he had to... You know, there were two of them working this case and one of them mm. had to go in uh, uh dress up as a woman and he dressed up as a woman and found that he quite liked it. And that, that was the kind of explanation for it. So mm. it didn't really go to... Mm. Uh,
2: well, they're not doing the old sort of carry-on, whoop, 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 and uh, no, dress nonsense. No, it's, I mean, it's, not, it, 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 it's, it's sensitively handled. It's, it's yeah,
0: sensitively. it's just somebody yeah. who's more comfortable wearing... Mm. Kind of... Uh,
2: Funnily enough, I suppose, in some ways, 1993, the X-Files is a bit of the, the bastard child of yeah. uh, Twin Peaks, really. It's yeah. kind of like what happens when Twin Peaks comes along and network executives like bits of it and decide, yes. oh, well, we could use elements of that. I mean, that whole Pacific Northwest thing and the trees and everything. seems. I seem to remember the X-Files were always in the woods. <laughs> yeah, and always very dimly know. lit. And <laughs> <laughs> but also, weirdly, um, Northern Exposure so yes it did it did seem to do something for the film industry in that part of america yeah, and northern exposure again the, that was set in alaska but filmed in much in much the same area yes, as I, Twin
0: I, Peaks. I, was. I think it was kind of basically there filmed a, in the same place now there's, there's,
2: there there's also wild top, palms yeah.
0: mm.
1: wild palms yes yeah, almost trying to use the same two word same but didn't <laughs> quite didn't quite hit the same formula as twin peaks even using yeah. oliver stone Sorry so, sorry Sam. Yeah, but, but yeah, oh yeah.
0: What what I was going to say is interestingly there's a kind of uh, there seems to be a, a a Twin Peaks reunion kind of festival weekend where they go to the place where it was filmed. Ah, you know. That's this is what I've I have been there, you know. You? Yeah. Ooh, it's it's I a, a very it.
2: nice part of the world. It was wet. It's like Manchester but you know with more trees basically.
0: So, you know, for, you know, one weekend a year, they go up there. But what, what strikes me about the, the place is, you know, there's certain mm. iconic things that you, you associate I mean, the main one is probably the uh, the waterfall in the Great Northern yes. Hotel. Mm. But how few outdoor locations they use. Mm. You know, because you see that one, uh, you're outside the police station mm. a lot. You, there's, there's the bridge, there's a double R diner.
2: Mm.
0: And then you, well, where else would I recognise in Twin Peaks? Mm. And then it's you know, there's a kind of oh yeah,
2: hang a few curtains up, paint the floor,
0: yeah. <laughs> and the red, yeah, the red, the red room.
2: Do you think there are rooms around America where people have decorated in the oh, uh, David oh, Lynch yeah.
1: style? Yeah. In that there one. have, there right. have right. been. I've <laughs> seen some pictures of them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I notice your backdrop. <laughs> oh yeah
2: it's amazing I, the, obviously the 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 listeners won't realize but how how look how you look like bob
1: in many ways <laughs> well, I, I have it's to that, i have to confess that's that that disclosure time don't tell me you've dressed up as bob i am not have to dress up as bob and i'm probably looking i'm going more and more into looking like bob as you can see i've even got the stubbly beard now for i'm afraid yes yeah. bob don't be like killer bob <laughs> <laughs>
2: So back to the subject. Um, In the brain. Well, the, the interesting thing to me is about when I I got the the uh, the set, the full set, because uh, the first year was available for a very long time on DVD, and then nothing. Second year took a long time to come out, uh, and then so when the the Blu-ray came out a few years ago, it's five five six seven years ago now, I, I actually ended up watching the entire thing over one Christmas, and I must admit, the thing that, that, that got a... me, that was cheery. I was, was going to say, it's festive, festive fair. Festive fair, yes. <laughs> But it, it's it was that thing that when Bob first appeared on screen, mm. it genuinely unsettled me. Even even though I know it's television, and I know it was you know it's mm. twenty odd years at that point since I have watched it. But it was genuinely an unsettling character. Very. And I think what you're doing in in Twin Peaks specifically is you're you're delving into that. Uh, I mean, there is a sort of supernatural element to it, but yeah. but generally into into what. I suppose some people would call the heart of the darkness of humanity, yeah. Yeah. The, the horrible things that people but do. They talk about it being pure and,
1: evil, sort of incarnate, yeah. yeah. Mm.
2: And the veneer of society above that, you know. I mean, the, the interesting thing to me in the watching the final episode this morning, weirdly, is that what you get is the the pleasant or the affable characters, Donna's father, doc, what's his name? Dr Haywood. Dr Haywood suddenly has uh, this massive act of violence against uh, Richard Bamer,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And his head crashes in. And again, you don't know what happens to him. Nope. I mean, obviously, his character mm-hmm. is is left. He's on the floor. It looks like Donna's father has, has killed him in mm-hmm. an act of rage. So all of the characters, even the most pleasant and likeable ones, have this underlying fury and anger mm-hmm. with, yeah. within them. Mm-hmm. The thing that interests me about the pilot, and the thing that still disturbs me is that scene in the the, the jail cell when all the three boys are yes. arrested separately,
1: oh, and the those howling. The scene, that howling,
2: yeah. yeah, that animal fury.
1: And if you're watching it at they... the time, that would have reinforced what was perhaps a red herring, because at that stage you could have mm. been anyone who was the killer. Mm. Or you started thinking, "That's that's evil. That's howling. That that that's, mm. surely that's the killer."
2: <laughs> mm. But
1: you see, on the other side of that, you've got. James yeah who who wouldn't howl at James when it comes down to it
2: but this again it's interesting because this is where parts of it seem to go into that sort of teen drama school romantic comedy romantic drama thing Mm -hmm. love triangles blah 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 and he's the he's the moody one with the motorbike (laughs) who's a bit of a bad boy but really isn't and all that kind of and And you start to think this is going to be tedious this is going to be so luckily that that gets that's thrown away quite quickly but but it's uh, because i am again that's that makes me think of all those bloody vampires i was just going to (laughs) say twilight (laughs) stuff like that
1: yeah (laughs) i thought you were going
2: an angel i suppose in in buffy Uh, Um, To a certain extent, had that same kind of moody countenance about him. But there are these basically these these horrible boys. But then again, I suppose because we we need to be fair, uh, and right. uh, because we do get Andy, who, who's who's known who's known for blubbing all the time, who's the sensitive soul. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tell the sheriff I yeah. didn't cry. Cry, he said, blubbing down the phone to Lucy. <laughs> and and we get the women, and we get Peggy Lipton, Peggy yeah. Lipton as uh, Norma Jennings, the owner of the Double R Diner. Yeah. Uh, who, um, yeah? Again, you kind of think, how are these small towns so full of? Well, I don't know. You might almost say calendar girls, <laughs> really, if you wanted to use an expression like that. I suspect mm. there was a Twin Peaks calendar. I suspect
1: some, at least, yes. at least some people bought it. But um, it was Carry on to, no. I, I, I've got a. Um, I think oh, what do they call it. There was a. Um, there, there is a series of um, a fanzine type things that are produced, and they got one. Mm i think i happen to have it upstairs that is just mm. the girls of twin peaks <laughs> mm. uh one, one of my friends bizarrely the other week
0: shared the uh the, the, the queens of twin peaks and it was uh it might be that. it's the ones that Windermere picks out
1: oh yeah for so the it, for so the um pa- it's, this it's, parade at the not that you know who, who he was going to take to the um
0: Mist-
1: black the, the black
0: yeah, mm. so it's uh, it's Audrey, it's Donna, and Annie. It's uh, Shelley. It's Shelley. Oh, so Anne- it's, it's, it's it's Annie who he keep who he picks out at the yes. you know, like, at the mm. pageant at the end. But, How but is my Annie? but my my cover like, uh, what about Log Woman? <laughs> why, why is she not a queen? A queen of Twin Peaks. Ah.
2: <laughs> uh. I mean, yes, uh, but do you feel that the, the female roles are particularly well-served in this as a piece of drama now? Or uh, you know, is there that sense of 90s eye candy stuff going on
1: or, or what? Good question. I suppose there's a whole plot uh, line where when Maddie came into the storyline mm. and that and that yeah. two or three of them were and that to... was
2: to do with the fact that he he liked her performance so much as the corpse that he wanted yeah. To, yeah. to bring her back on the show so she he brought on someone who looks identical to the victim in the... Identical,
0: <laughs> twi- identical twins that well-known mm.
1: yeah yeah cousin. cousin i suppose they were yeah. developing a i'm i'm trying to be generous like you said earlier in terms of uh they a sort of plot line where they were trying to follow mm. their own um Discovery, but some of the other scenes are yeah. It's hard to explain that it isn't like bringing out some of um, the gratuitous. Yeah. I mean, Josie turned that... into quite a sort of um, a darker, calculating character, but yes. then ultimately again got turned into being turned into a doorknob Yeah. <laughs> so, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but so, because, so, um...
0: something else that concerned me, having watched the whole series again, mm. is that at the uh, at the Miss Twin Peaks pageant, there's uh, Lucy dancing away. And yet, surely by that stage, she's about eight months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> right. In her uh, her outfit. Oh, and my, sorry, my my favourite favourite bit in the whole series that absolutely killed me at the time, I'd forgotten about it until I was watching it again. Mm. Is when Audrey's trying to. Uh, she's up at One Eye Jack's, and she, right. she's gone undercover. <laughs> she's uh, she's trying to get. Uh, Get to the guy from Horns Department Store who's recruited her to go there. Hmm. And she goes into this uh, boudoir, and the guy's all tied up. (laughs) And there's a woman, one of the uh, one of the girls in showgirl outfit, hoovering round him. (laughs) Yes, yes. Obviously, (laughs) what is what his fantasy is. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and it's you know it's but, what these things as you say not explained it's just no uh, well, uh, again is,
2: that is uh, there is i mean you could the framing of the shots and the iconography you get these iconic i mean it's the stairwell in in leelan palmer's the, the, the palmer's house mm. isn't there which becomes this sort of interesting yeah. shot and things happen on the staircase and everything like that but i mean you've got a character like i mean you've got piper Laurie of course yeah you know uh and as uh, he's a, a respected actor you yeah, know, she, she, and she, and uh, plays a significant role throughout yeah, the second series,
0: yeah. doesn't she? And if I mean, if if you look at her history and the stuff she did, I mean, she's she's reckoned to be one of the last kind of golden age of Hollywood mm. stars. Mm. You know, she was sixty when she made that mm. uh, in her sixties, and you know, she worked with uh, Tony Curtis, Rock Hudson, mm. Ronald mm. Reagan, mm. Uh, so all sorts of people like that. So
2: it is interesting how many. You hate to use the word fading. Stars, but but t- turn up in television programs, and you you suddenly real, and when you find out about their past work, and you think, oh my god, you know, but but they turn up in this because at that stage in their career they can't get arrested, you know. It's yeah, uh, and yet r- really add a, an element of class, you know, to to anything that they do. Yeah, I mean, i shine, Russ,
0: Russ, Russ, Russ Tam, Russ, Russ yeah. Tamlin. Yeah. yes, look of course. At, well, yes. you look at what he did, you got my god. Uh... He's
2: he's great in the pilot though, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it
1: is
0: you know a... I'm her
1: psychiatrist, you <laughs> know <laughs> different thi- different coloured glass lenses and, stuff. <laughs> yes. and his
0: uh his interesting partner who he goes off to uh Hawaii with to recover, you know.
2: Yes. So overall though, overall what 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 is it that draws you to Twin Peaks as a as a piece of television what is it that makes you feel that yeah this is this is a quality piece of television this is something i want to revisit
0: uh, i think it's just the the kind of strange i suppose it's the kind of the that things on the surface may look normal but underneath mm. there's all kinds of wacky mm. stuff going on and there's but
2: quite a few shows have yeah. done and there's, you know small town america what, what was it that what that grabbed you about twin peaks uh, like,
0: uh, yeah the, the humor is good and the, the mm-hmm. frightening bits are as we've just said you know still quite frightening and to manage to get these into the same uh the same program is uh, But do,
2: i mean does it engage you on a week by week level I mean I mean you've I mean you said to me a, a couple of months ago you were going to start rewatching yes. it, yes and and sometimes you sort of revisit something and you, you know yeah after a couple of weeks you think you know, was it still compelling enough to want to get through it to to see how it played out
0: ish ish yeah I think yeah I think well it's I, I certainly found that you know at the beginning I was really gripped by it and, yeah you know it was bringing back memories and my memories of the earlier stuff are much yes. much stronger than the later stuff mm. so i think to a certain extent it did run out of steam and that's that's you know still st- still reflected but you by... could
2: argue i suppose that it peaked and then it was heading for a second peak when it stopped so yeah. technically that's pretty pretty good thing for something it's called twin peaks I <laughs> yes. suppose. but because that's the thing i what i felt watching that last one it was actually yeah you i could watch more of this which is nice because i've still got series three to Mm -hmm. to give another go to you know
1: so uh tim i think i think there's similar things to what sandy said for me um Mm. i was drawn to how it started unraveling from what looked like you know as you said originally just a police type thing and Mm. and started going down weird um paths that weren't always explained Mm. that were just turned away from and um Mm. And the humour certainly worked for me, the sort of black, warped humour. I think the surrealism is a biggie for me, um, and I don't know whether it's because it's just my memory fading, but there's things, Mm -hmm. even when I watch it again, uh, and I've watched some episodes probably five or six times. I I haven't watched the whole series five or six times. I went through it again uh, just before series three um, came on five years ago, and um, I've realised there's things I don't remember, and... And the more surreal things, I'm still not quite sure, even when I've just watched them. <laughs> and I sort yes. of want to watch them yeah. again. And, so I lo- and that's a very, very Lynchian thing, because he's, he's got that surreal sensibility anyway. And mm. I think that's why a lot of other series, whether it's um, yeah. Wild Palms or Northern Exposure or Wayward Pines. Was it Wayward Pines? I think it was another mm. one that was going a little bit. That's okay. Okay they get some of it, but they never quite get all of it because even when mm. there were other directors and other writers, as there were mm. writing, doing quite a lot mm. of those episodes, it's still got Lynch underneath it. And let's not forget Mark Frost as well, who he's collaborating mm. quite strongly on this. And yes. the two of them were very much the fore with series three. So I think it's that surrealism. And, and if I can just encourage you to persevere with series three, because it's like pure, unadulterated Frost and Lynch. And right. it's, it's,
2: do you think this is the vision they would have gone with 25 years earlier had they been allowed to sort of keep that sort of control? I think over possibly, the
1: but I think they wouldn't have realised it as well as they have. Right. I think it probably benefits from having that 25 years, not least because they can make the connection to that point in the first series where they said, mm. well, we're, well, Laura whispers, We'll be we with you in 25 years, and they made it almost exactly 25 years. How can anyone yeah. have a TV thing that actually works <laughs> like that so exactly? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I I do wonder if I would have enjoyed the third series more Mm. if I had revisited the first two Mm. series before I watched it. Mm. Uh, Because it was, you know, there were elements of it I could remember, but there were obviously Mm. big things that I couldn't remember. And you go, who is this character? Is this somebody Mm. that I know before?
1: To be fair, Sandy, I think there were things that were, um, even if you'd watched all of the previous two series there were things they referred to that were things that almost like fell through the cracks things that Mm, were in uh, when they did far walk with me filmed about twice as long a film and the missing bits Mm. then formed was it the missing pieces i think they Mm. they put it together and there's stuff Mm. in there and there's stuff that's in the book of laura palmer's secret diary and there's stuff in those two files that mark book versions that mark frost that you almost you You
2: need to be a a real twin peaks aficionado to get all the rest and that's
1: why that's why I come back to what I probably also like about why I like the surrealism side of it is mm. you can really enjoy it even without making that you can let I mean I, mm. I haven't yet the next time I watch series three I'm gonna do it where I watch everything with the headphones on like Lynch yeah suggested let it wash and, over and you. let right. it wash over you exactly mm. I think it's even mm. if you because there were scenes from, there were quite a few scenes in this is virtual two. reality yes. isn't it your, your total
2: absorption yes
1: <laughs> and and the audio and the tone and everything is almost as much and, mm. and I, I, I again if you watch nothing more of of yeah. uh s- series three just watch episode eight because that is just i'm waving my arms at. <laughs> yeah. i can't i can't words <laughs> escape me to how to describe yeah. episode eight
2: but this this is definite absolute television world-building, isn't it? I mean, once yeah. you actually yeah. go to Twin Peaks, you are in you are in another place. You are in a completely different
1: And it yeah. almost becomes universe. meta about it, I think, in um, mm. in Series 3 as well, and particularly at the end. And you're left really still not knowing. Mm.
2: So, so mm. Just, Which is part of <laughs> yeah. the joy, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. As a series, it constantly still manages to surprise yeah. you. I mean, like I say, I, I went back and watched the pilot. I've, I've loved the pilot for a very long time. Went back and I was still thinking... Oh, I'd forgotten. Yeah, I'd for- yeah. There were these moments, and and I think in many ways it's the moments and the memorable imagery that it does stick with you. It gets in your head as a show. Yes, yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, the other thing I did I did want to briefly mention before we, we uh, disappear is uh, of course it seems to have been uh, the end of and so many people who came back for the eight part miniseries sort of seem to. On their very last legs filming it, didn't
1: they? Yeah.
2: It, was, it was kind of like the amazing. It's almost like they cut a swathe through the acting community. Anybody who was in Twin Peaks 3 was kind of. They weren't long for this. You, you, you got amazing. quite a few of the
1: episodes that ended yeah. with in loving memory of. Like the, uh, the Log Lady, I think it was her last few things yeah. that she filmed.
2: Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. It uh, uh, was very shortly afterwards. As well. And they, they just missed
1: s- by a few months being able to get Bowie back as well would have been something they'd have, to have bowie as a sort of smoky giant kettle type that is thing. that
2: again i, I, I suspect <laughs> that is one of the most weird things of all is that david bowie is part of the twin peaks universe? Yeah. Yeah. it still messes with your mind well i think we've probably done our time there guys right. uh thank you very much for re-examining twin peaks uh we will go out into the woods and uh We'll look in the mirror and, and slightly worry about what's going to look back at us. So and the we're... chewing
0: gum we like will come back into style. <laughs> the chewing gum we oh, <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I'm going to go and redecorate and sort of dye these curtains and put put some tiles down. So thank you very much for your time today, guys. Okay, pleasure. Cheers, Martin. You take care. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Many thanks to Sandy and Tim for joining me today to try and unwrap a few of the mysteries of Twin Peaks. And I hope that Diane now has open files on both of them. So, as we can make sense of the words from the men from another place, I should just say thanks
1: to the people
2: from the Radio International and to all of you. <clears throat> <coughs> that, as ever I have been Martin and this has been Vision On Sound. Goodbye for now and take care.